welcome to episode 51 of Another Book on the Shelf. I'm Jet. And I'm Jen. Uh, and we are going to talk about some Coach House books today, which I'm super excited yeah, about. Yeah, exciting. Uh, Coach House Books is a local Toronto publisher. Uh, we have worked with them a few times now. Uh, if you want to check out episode 26 on Paper Houses, uh, one of my favorite books like ever. Yeah, I loved that one. <laughs> Oh, it just like keeps coming up too, and I'm just like, oh, that one. I just love it so much. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> and episode 36 uh, on Amanda Leduc's uh, Disfigured. Uh, you can go check out those episodes. Uh, today, however, we're talking about three of their fall releases that are all like so different, but they all kind of like sort of had the same vibe. I know, right? That's what I was thinking too. And also just in a very like fall kind of yep cozy spooky vibe i don't know like no i totally know what you mean because like they are all very different but i totally see what you're saying about them having like a similar vibe yeah yeah uh so the first book we're going to talk about is the pine islands by marion poshman uh Mm -hmm. do you want to give us a little rundown on the author and the translator i do oh yeah are all of these in translation yes yeah so that's Uh, for sure Yes, yes, they all are. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, Marion Poshman was born in Essen in 1969 and is recognized as one of Germany's foremost poets and novelists. She's won both of Germany's premier poetry prizes, um, and she's the author of four novels, three of which have been nominated for the German Book Prize. And she won the prestigious Wilhelm Rabe Literature Prize in 2013. So, That's so good. I know, yeah, right? And we actually both, like, we just learned that this book was on the shortlist for the Man Booker last year in 2019. Yeah, and it's her first novel that's been translated into English, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. I uh, definitely want more. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Um. So the translator, Jen... Ooh. I'm going to say Calieja. Do... Okay, that's what I was thinking, right? <laughs> right? It's got yeah. like a slightly Spanish... Yes. Okay, cool. Jen Calieja is a writer and literary translator um, from the German. So I guess that's what she's, that's what she's translating is German. Uh, She was shortlisted for the 2019 Man Booker International Prize for her translation of Pine Islands and the 2018 Schlegel Tick Prize Hmm. for her translation of uh, Kristen Hensel's Dance by the Canal. And she's the author of I'm Afraid That's All We've Got Time For. That's cool. So that's cool. She's a writer in her own right as well. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Love these, love these translations. Uh, so the Pine Islands uh, is about Gilbert Sylvester. Uh, he's an eminent scholar of beard fashions, which <laughs> make a note. Yeah, we're we're, gonna, so we're gonna talk about by this. this. We are totally gonna talk about this. <laughs> uh, of beard fashions in film. <laughs> yeah, it's so specific. <laughs> uh, and he basically he wakes up one day from a dream where his wife has cheated on him. And he's convinced that the dream is real or, like, a message from her kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So he flees and ends up in Japan. Uh, As you do. Yeah. Cause, and, like, they live in Germany. Yeah. And he just, he fully just, like, gets up, packs a bag, and goes to Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he wants to kind of follow the travel writings of the Japanese poet Bashao. Uh, and he ends up sort of, like directionless just kind of like wandering and trying to figure out how to take this pilgrimage um to see the moon rise over the pine islands of uh, matsushima and he takes a train he ends up meeting this young japanese student yosa uh, who has the um a copy of the complete manual of suicide sure uh, <laughs> uh so they kind of travel together with this plan and it just it's it was so like wild but so good and i we haven't we haven't talked about them yet so i'm really excited no, we to hear, like what you have to say about this yeah i mean it was so <laughs> it was so interesting it was such a like a slightly bizarre story um yeah. i felt like i kept trying to check being like wait so he was in germany wait and he's talking about beards but wait did his wife cheat on him? <laughs> I know, right? 
Well, and you can tell that, like, he's, like, a slightly unreliable narrator. Yes. Right? Like, <laughs> even just the way he's, like, talking about things about Japan or whatever, and you're like, dude, you, why are you making it sound like you're an authority on this country that you've never been to? <laughs> yeah, because he talks a lot about, like, how there's, like, tea versus coffee countries. Yes. And... I, mean, I, I was... did enjoy that, and I, like I could actually see that because I would imagine that, yeah, like even though England is more of a tea country than totally a coffee country, <laughs> or like, um, trying to think of what else. I mean, yeah, I guess like America's supposed to be a coffee country, right? Yeah, I guess so, right? Well, like tea party situation. True true <laughs> and like i guess like a lot of european countries like italy and france mm -hmm. and germany would be like coffee countries yeah um did you know much about so like basho is like basically like the inventor of haikus yeah which i like sort of i feel like vaguely knew but like not in a way that i would have ever been able to pull out that information for you <laughs> I cause like I guess in my head I just didn't really think about how like a person would have been the first one even though like that one hundred percent makes sense obviously, okay. um, but like yeah I was like oh okay and then like I think I've kind of just like read a lot of like travel log type things recently oh okay cool and maybe also it's just because we can't travel and we are stuck oh. in our houses um, right. Uh... <laughs> Maybe you're listening to this in the future and things are different. Who knows? Um, but there was a time help. where we couldn't. But I really like the idea of, or like, I'm curious to like, is that an actual, like something that we could, are his travel writings, like the Japanese poet, like something that we could find and read? I feel like probably. Right? Yeah. So like, I'm intrigued by that by just like. I'm also intrigued by that. And just, and just, like, his whole travels through Japan sounded like a really cool way to see the country, actually. Yeah, because he was kind of very, like, unplanned and just sort mm -hmm. of following where he ended up. And I wouldn't... I'm not, like, fascinated by the whole suicide force thing. I'm intrigued by that. And also just... Yeah. The beauty of what I'm sure all the tiny little islands off the coast of Japan look like and you know their pine forests versus our pine forests mm -hmm. i know there was one point also too was talking about how like the certain pines like technically had like a different gender so like certain, yeah and like depending on why you wanted to commit suicide you had to like you were supposed to go to like a different forest so like is this complete manual of suicide a, a real, real thing? book i know right I did not investigate that. Nor did I, uh, but I might. I feel like I almost want to say that it is. Just the fact that, like, there is, like, a suicide forest in Japan. Yes, right. Like, I had heard of that. That part was really interesting because I'd heard of it. And I think it's just because it is it is one of those things that, because of what it is, hmm. you do end up with a sort of slightly morbid fascination with it. Like, it's hard not to be intrigued by that. Well, and there have definitely been movies about it. Um, I feel well, like there's it's one. supposed to be, like, super haunted, right? Yeah. Um, I think there's definitely one with Taylor Kinney. Side note. Um, <laughs> uh, and then, like, there was that whole thing with that one. I don't even want to say his name just because, like, he doesn't deserve it. But, like, there was that one YouTuber guy who, like, went there and then was just, like, taking his, like, random, like, YouTube videos being, like, a super jerk. But then, like, literally in the background you could see someone hanging. Oh, no. And it, like, it became this, like, whole thing where, like, I th I'm guessing eventually, like, the videos got taken down, but it, like, sort of... Oh, God. Like, canceled him as, like, a YouTuber, but, of course, it also has not at all. Right. Oh, and that's yes, horrific. Like, it, yeah, it was, like, really, really bad because he was just being, like, a super bro, like, oh, my God, it's a virus. And, like, and then he kind of, like, turned and panned and you could just, there was just, like, a person. Oh, Christ. Yeah. But yeah, so like See, I this did... is why it's, like, such a weird thing to be, like, intrigued by, because on the one hand, it's awful. Mm -hmm. 
that there's like such an epidemic of suicide there's an entire forest that people go and well and because it's seen as such a i almost want to say like a different thing there than versus north america it did kind of have that vibe didn't it and just because of like different because like when gilbert you know meets yosa and like sees the book and like yosa's like okay yeah you know like this is my plan he doesn't even question it he's just like oh yeah like I know he's in Japan. So weird, right? What they and like just because like it is like such a cultural difference. So yeah, it was. And also because like the prose and the writing and like just describing of everything was so beautiful. Mm -hmm. It was like whatever. I mean, I don't know how it would read in German. But right, I mean that's that's always the interesting thing to me with uh with translations is wondering how how much the language needs to be yeah not, because it... like kind of altered in order to like grab I I don't know I'm explaining this badly because my brain is slightly off today apologies <laughs> <laughs> but I mean but I, I remember like... specifically talking about a translation of Beowulf in my old mm-hmm. English class back at undergrad and how there was some that are a little bit more of a literal translation where they're sort of translating it basically word for word and then you have other translations like the Seamus Heaney translation which sort of alters some of it slightly but manages to keep a little bit more of the like rhythm and cadence and like feel of it. Yeah well and obviously because like Marion Poshman is if she is like you know one of the foremost poets of Germany like right she probably like would have that naturally but then yeah to have it translated mm-hmm. i don't know well and i'm guessing worked. because um it was shortlisted for the man booker for the translation mm-hmm. i imagine you would have people who are fluent in both languages reading both translation like reading oh, the original yeah. and the oh, translation yeah. to see how well it mm-hmm. right yeah presumably well, yeah cuz even like literally I can't it might even be like one of the first lines but it said Mathilda's black hair lay spread out on the pillow next to him tentacles of malevolent pitch black jellyfish thick strands of a gently stirred in time with her breathing creeping toward him mhm it was literally like almost the first sentence and i like stopped and was like oh, okay i know right <laughs> and then all the time like cuz gilbert and yos actually go into some of the forest and they're like tied together on the string and like they end up spending a night in one of the forests, and just all of those descriptions were just yeah. like I was just blown away. Yeah, I mean, I definitely wanted to go see the Pine Islands. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the historical study of beards. <laughs> yes, in film. <laughs> it's so specific. The most hilarious thing to me is that I feel like that's truly legit as a thing in academia where you can have like the most bizarrely specific specialty i feel like it has to be like to make that up almost seems impossible right (laughs) so interesting but it's also funny because i had never truly given much thought to beards in that particular way no definitely not (laughs) right like I don't know, a beard's a beard is a beard. Yeah. Well, and then, of course, like, it's even, like, played up because, like, Yosa has, like, fake little, like, goatee mm-hmm. bits that he, like, sticks on all the time. <laughs> so funny. Oh, man. Uh, so my main question about this book that I had at the end was... Yep. Do you think Yosa was real? That was also my question. <laughs> because... And just... I really wasn't sure. Yeah, this whole time, like, Gilbert's come from Germany, and he's met this person, and they're, like... They end up, like, staying together at the hotel, and they travel all these different places and have all these, like, big conversations. But then Yosa kind of disappears, and obviously, mm-hmm. you you kind of assume, okay, he's just... The whole point of his trip was to commit suicide, so right. perhaps, you know, he finally, like, kind of snuck off to do that. And he does lose him in a subway station. Which is 100%, like, that Which happens. is also how he was attempting to do it when they met. Yes. Which then, like, I think that's also why I kind of started to, like, question. Because, like, that's a little full circle. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, just kind of the way as it flowed at the end, I was like, wait a second. 
was that just part of like Gilbert's travel and like he sort of manifested this person because he kind of needed someone to like talk through his situation that he thought was possibly happening with his wife or like yeah yeah I didn't I didn't know either I just wasn't sure really wasn't sure well and then there was that whole thing where Yos is telling him about that girl that he was dating who was Mm -hmm. actually a fox (gasps) right I loved that I was obsessed with that yes (laughs) oh my god I need to reread that part it was so good (laughs) yeah she was actually like like a like a trickster fox basically Uh, which was really cool and then he ends up seeing some foxes Mm -hmm. or a fox yeah later on so I don't know there was this there was this sort of slightly mystical thing running through it yeah that was really really just like yeah. Ticked all the boxes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, would you recommend this to anyone? Yeah, I think I would. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Me too. Ugh. Yep. Like, maybe not to, like, everyone I know, but definitely there's people I well, have yeah, there's that would like... enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yes, that is The Pine Islands uh, mm. by Marion Poshman. Uh, we need to we need to look up if the complete manual of suicide is a real book and if Bashaw's yes. travel writings are a real book. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, if we find those, we'll put cool. them in the notes. <laughs> yes, we will. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> uh, the second book we read uh, was called The Imago State by uh, Caroline Georges. Mm-hmm. I have this so much of this book. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so well first a little bit about uh caroline georges who is the author of seven books including Soupeton, uh, which was a finalist for the 2012 quebec booksellers prize uh in 2012 she received the artistic creation award from the i'm so bad at speaking french forgive me conseil, de... conseil des arts et des lettres de quebec so sorry for my accent. Something about the Quebec Council of Arts and I, I think else. it. I think it must be kind of like the Ontario Council for the Arts or yeah. Canada Council for the Arts. It's just the Quebec mm-hmm. Council of Arts and like Arts and Letters, basically. Yeah. Uh, so her latest novel, um, the how do you say this? The Imago Stage. I think Is so. That, that correct. Okay. Anyway, it's won several honors in French, including the Governor General's Literary Award in 2018. And this one was translated by Rhonda Mullins, who yes. was also the translator who did <laughs> Paper Houses. <laughs> so, like, I don't know if I like the authors, but maybe I just really like Rhonda Mullins. <laughs> I mean, maybe she's just a really good translator. Yeah, so she's translated many books into English. Uh, she was a finalist for the 2018 Best Translated Book Award and Canada Reads 2019. Uh, and she's won the Governor General's Award for translation for 21 cardinals by jocelyn saucier um so yeah obviously she's a well-renowned yeah. translator i wonder so which that's... book it was in 2019 for candidate reads we i don't know we'll make a note and find that out sure <laughs> yeah. oh man so yeah she's obviously translated a lot of um french canadian fiction which mm-hmm. is cool yeah and one uh, paper houses was french canadian as well. yes I'm just going to continually talk about paper houses. I mean, <laughs> because it was awesome. I loved that one. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah. So, this book... Um, this book was wild. Okay. Uh, right? <laughs> uh, growing up with a menacing drunk for a father and a grief-stricken mother, a girl spends her 1980s childhood staring at the television to escape the tension. Uh, she actually ends up winning a modeling competition. I want to say when she's about, what, 14? Yeah, somewhere around there, it seemed like. Yeah. Uh, and ends up actually, like, spending most of her teens in Paris modeling. She's able to retire in her 20s and, like, buys a studio in Montreal and retreats from the world. And it just kind of cultivates her existence as an image through, like, virtual, mm-hmm. rea- virtual reality. Uh, her mother develops cancer and near the end of that, she actually has to, like, go outside and kind of deal with her family. And yeah. this sort of 
kind of, you know, <laughs> much like we are now, uh, her <laughs> inside world versus the outside world. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this one was so interesting. Especially because I couldn't quite tell when it was meant to be taking place. Yes, because as I was reading, there's one part where she's talking about um, different shows that she's watching. Mm-hmm. And I remember because I like even like made notes because she's like, I got into the Russian spies, computer pirates, crystal meth dealers, the webs of in like, you know, all these different things like carnival records and like California physicians and like all of that stuff. Like it even said like paper vendors, the New Jersey mafia. Like those are all actually like... 2000 yeah. shows like that could be what's that show with Carrie Russell the Russians no oh um what's that show called but it was just Americans? recently yes um, but they are Russian Russians. Yeah. sleepers by and like right? Mr. Robot Breaking Bad mm-hmm. um you know they're talking about like the living dead so, like the walking dead the office the sopranos so then like in my head I was trying to figure out how old she would have been but that was clearly just like totally a play on things because it is supposed to be in the 80s and 90s because mm-hmm. yeah like I got it was like I just remember like sitting there and like trying to figure out what all these shows would have been but then like wait it wouldn't have actually been that time yeah I know it was very <laughs> well and then it almost has like a slightly futuristic vibe to it yes because there's so much because she literally is like half the time you, I just envisioned her in this like white room like you would yeah. see in like futuristic movies and then like with like virtual reality stuff happening mm-hmm. so it's like it was like the 80s and 90s I guess if she kind of like grew up in the if she would have been like a teenager in the 80s this would have been kind of like 90s like late 90s but then as if the late 90s were actually like super futuristic right so yeah it was this weird like it was in the past but also in the future and like not mm-hmm. now yeah, it was very interesting. There are also just, like, way too many little things where I was just like, oh, my God, this is, like, exactly me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some of it was definitely relatable. Like, yeah. But also the writing, again, was so oh. good. Like, yeah. Man. Okay, one of the quotes I had written down. Our galaxies moving resolutely away from each other with the grace of a celestial ballet. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> I know. Yep. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> and I really liked how, even though, like, I didn't necessarily know when the past and the present were, mm-hmm. it did flip between the past and her past and her present. Yes. Uh, we'll say. And it came off very much like a memoir which obviously absolutely yeah i definitely enjoy. had that that kind of vibe mm-hmm. yeah she literally even when she's in france and took up photography like the camera that she has like i have that camera <laughs> the fedex k1000 is like a super classic camera nice <laughs> oh and there's a whole part too about like film adaptations and authors i just like literally just wrote down mm-hmm. i'm like who is this writer like i just need to know more about her yep yeah, it was really, it was really cool. Um, and just like her sort of obsession with images was so interesting. And like the little bit of like art history that was in there. Yeah, it was really neat because she just, she lived in this, not even like fantasy world because it was all like real thing. But yeah, she lived in the world of images, whether yeah. it was film or movies or art photography paintings that kind of stuff to the point where like she kind of got sucked into like that was all she knew like she didn't Mm -hmm. go out and do anything and then once she like retired from modeling she lived as an image in this like weird virtual reality yeah game existence platform thing yeah and it was all just about like her image and she how she would like change her avatar for like different things and it kind of had like a social media aspect like people would could interact with it and like commented on it and it was very 
current despite it being yes the past yet maybe the future absolutely (laughs) well and it was just an interesting too like the, the way that that she would spend so much time just changing slightly different things about her avatar mm-hmm. and having that social media aspect. It definitely, I think interrogates a little bit, something like Instagram. Yeah. But it's not necessarily saying that it's a bad thing. Like there's not a judgment being passed on this sort of obsession with images. No. And that's why she ended up kind of being such a great model because Mm-hmm. She didn't care. You yes. know, like, it wasn't about, it's like, she never talked back to anyone. She didn't, she literally would just go to the shoot, stand there, let them pose her, put makeup on her, do whatever, like she was a mannequin. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's how she ended up getting so popular because, you know, there was no crazy model drama that, like. Well, and, like, she could, it's like she could make herself, like, a blank slate that you could project Mm-hmm. whatever onto like anyone who was dressing her up for like a fashion shoot or something mm-hmm. could just turn her into what they needed which basically. then like it's weird how that's how she was in real life but then that's also how she became in this virtual life mm-hmm. which was just kind of like it's it's i want to say it's sad it is a bit yeah but like she never I mean, I guess she kind of seems sad, but she always seemed to be okay with things. Obviously, aside from her relationship with her parents, which was not right. good. No. Um, her mother had a lot of miscarriages and was kind of depressed all the time. As we said before, like, her father was drinking all the time. Mm-hmm. And she just kind of never talked to them. Until, yeah. like, her mother was dying and she actually had to, like... Yeah, it's, like, the first time she's, like, actually seen them in... Yeah. Like a decade or something. Yeah. <laughs> there was one part that was a little too close to home, being that <laughs> we're in quarantine. <laughs> uh, I wrote it down because I was like, oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, she said, recently I started forcing myself to go outside once a week on my balcony to get a bit of sun. <laughs> and then something about like mask anxiety. And I was just like, whoa. Yeah, I know. <laughs> There were definitely parts of it where I was like, uh, why does this seem like our reality right now? And yeah, like that's a big, and there were also like weird kind of like futuristic car or mobile something. Right. Rather, Cause like, she's not just like walking from her apartment to the hospital. That was kind of weird. But, no, she gets like, yeah, it almost sounds like it's like a self-driving cab. Yeah. So what it, what it kind of reminded me of actually was, um, if you watch Westworld at all, I have not, but I feel like it's one of those ones where, like, eventually I'm going to have to. Third season of Westworld, once they're, like, out of the park and you're in, like, the real world, it's definitely futuristic. Yeah. But, like, they have those, like, that the car in that, the cars, the little Mm. self-driving car is exactly what I was picturing in this because, like, it's the same idea where, like, you, like, grab, like, you get a cab, but the cab's not being driven by anybody. Um, but then also, the also other weird thing about Westworld, which is slightly related but unrelated, was <laughs> the number of people that were just wearing masks. Oh. Yeah. Just around. Mm-hmm. Like, it's normal. And I was like, ooh. Because <laughs> <laughs> this would have been made before all this happened. So yes. I was like, oh, uh, what kind of, like, premonition did you guys have? <laughs> and I think, yeah, I, I read this. Actually, I read, well, so far, like, both of these, well, all three of them, I think, mm-hmm. you know, in, like, a day and a half, like, not all together in a day and a half, but, like, a day and a half each kind of a thing. Totally. Yeah. And especially this one, I think because, yeah, it was this weird past future, but kind of, like, our present, and there were, like, way too many things about her that were a little, oh, yeah. a little too close to home. Um, I didn't like going outside before. Um, <laughs> and, like, I just live in my jake jill and whole world it's fine it's fine um <laughs> yeah but yeah it was yeah much like the pine islands like i don't think it was necessarily like a book for everyone obviously like some of the books that we've no, done totally. on the podcast like are absolutely for everyone but i think we definitely know a good handful of people that like would enjoy this book for sure yeah absolutely I'm still just like I know right 
Like that one is one I would like to read again because I feel like you'd get even more out of it mm-hmm. the second read through just because it's so like there's so much going on in it. Yeah. Even though it's so short, it's less than 200 pages. That that was uh, one of my notes. I I said it it feels like it's denser than the Pine Islands because I read them back to back because it just and like it's not any bigger, but it just felt no. it felt like there were more words. Where Pine Islands was kind of. I guess because it was, they were outside and they were in the forest and it was kind of open and airy. The words felt that too. Whereas this was her always kind of inside. Even when she was in Paris, she didn't go outside. She just stayed inside and like took pictures and stuff like that. And like, and this, yeah, it just felt denser with more. Yeah. Yeah, Like close Mm -hmm. for lack of a better. Yeah. Just totally. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That was a good one. Yeah. There's even a point where she talks about how, like, the font that she uses, and that's the font that I use on all of my, like, <laughs> documents everywhere. Oh my god, I was just like, okay. This is so too funny. much. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a cool book. I enjoyed it. For sure. The one thing, one other thing I want to talk about. I loved, so at the beginning... She says, I was born between the publication of Darwin's The Origin of Species and the moment Voyager 1 left the solar system, tracing Mm -hmm. an arrow of evolution through time-space as it passed. Okay, number one, side note, obviously that would have actually told me more about when time was had I remembered when Voyager 1 launched. (laughs) But I just thought it was really neat to think of, like, instead of saying, you know, like, you were born on September 13th. Hashtag Jen's birthday. <laughs> it was yesterday. Um, <laughs> depending on when you're listening to this, it might not be yesterday anymore. Um, but like using two things like that as like this, I was born between whatever happened and what I, like these mm-hmm. two kind of like cultural moments or releases. I thought that was interesting. It's very cool. Yeah. And I'd I planned to like, like look that up, but I didn't do it. <laughs> yes, we will look up. Two things that we were born between. Yes. <laughs> we will also look up one Voyager one. We'll look oh, that yeah. up. <laughs> um, I think I was too distracted thinking about the like how that was such an interesting way to start the book and to think of when you were born that I like totally forgot to and I in. enjoyed the sort of like this is another thing I thought this book was was really interesting for was the way that she would talk about things like space and the galaxy and the universe at times but then it was all also very like small in her tiny little world yeah it was just very interesting it had such a great i guess kind of like opposites or parallels or whatever Mm -hmm. you know because it was the past and the future but it was large and small and like all these big things and small things yeah it was yeah i really liked it yeah me too it's a good one (laughs) uh and our third like bonus book yeah which okay this yeah (laughs) same man okay so it's called fauna Mm -hmm. uh by christian vadney Vadney? that is how i would say that yeah um I'll let you read it. It's a little spiel. So yeah, Christiane Vadney holds an MFA in creative writing um, and has long been active in as an events programmer and project manager in Quebec's literary community. Radio Canada named her a young author to watch for 2020. Uh, Fauna is her first work of fiction and she lives in Quebec City. And this one was uh, translated by Pablo Strauss, who's done other translations for Coach House. Um such as The Country Will Bring Us No Peace, The Supreme Orchestra, and Baloney. <laughs> Sorry, this is a funny word. <laughs> uh, and he's a two-time finalist for the Governor General's Literary Award for translation as well. Uh, he grew up in Victoria, B.C. and has lived in Quebec City for 15 years. So, got okay. another, uh, I guess, yeah. well-regarded translator on our hands. Mm-hmm. And I do love that Coach House always, like, has so many... Mm-hmm. Well, and I was reading like Quebec authors. Um, I was reading the, um, I guess the acknowledgments at the end. Mm-hmm. 
And it seems like uh, Caroline George actually like read uh, Christiane Fadney's work and sort of helped uh-huh. her with that as well. So that was really cool. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. So it seems like they're actually like, I mean, they're both in, I guess, living in Quebec, right? Mm-hmm. No. So it's possible that they're just, you know, in the Quebec literary community together. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's really cool. So it's almost like she was like mentoring her with this, okay. this first work of fiction. All right, let's okay. <laughs> let's dive into um, this one. <laughs> I'm gonna read the little like blurb from cool. the Kotos website, and then we'll attempt words. Okay. A thick fog rolls over in shivering heights. The river overflows. The sky is streaked with toxic green. Parasites proliferate in torrential rains, and once safely classified species, humans included, are evolving and behaving in unprecedented ways. Against this poetically hostile backdrop, a biologist, Laura, fights to understand the nature and scope of the changes transforming her own body and the world around her. Ten lush and bracing linked climate fictions depict a world gorgeous and terrifying in its likeness to our own. Okay, but truly. This book was wild. Oh, man. It was like... It, it really was. <laughs> it was wild. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, there's just like, first of all, some straight up weird things happening in it. Yeah. But then also some things where you were like, this seems extremely possible. <laughs> and slightly familiar. <laughs> Well, because the very, like it is, it's all these little tiny stories. Mm-hmm. That Which are like linked in different ways. Like some of them are, some of them are more obviously linked than others, I think. And yeah, like at, and at first it kind of took a few to realize. Mm-hmm. But it's all clearly taking place in the same like area of the world, which mm-hmm. quite frankly, I don't know where that is. Yeah, Other than the part like... where they're in... Um, Churchill. Churchill, yes. <laughs> Whether it's actually Churchill or not, I can't remember if it actually said that or not. I can't remember like... if it actually said that either, but it, I, it was definitely like, this is clearly Churchill. <laughs> if there was some sort of, like, swamp mm-hmm. area of, like, I don't know, like, the heart of BC and, like, the forest. Why am I forgetting what the forest yeah, is like, called? Yeah, like, was it? Um, like oh, the, some kind of, like, um... Fraser River Valley situation that right. then is also, like, right next to Churchill <laughs> uh, for anyone well because I mean I think it does say she went she like went north yeah but like either way like those two plate like I mean I guess technically if you talk think about like the top of BC like maybe but still <laughs> yeah I don't it's know, like man. a wild environment um, for anyone who doesn't live in Canada and doesn't know what Churchill is. Oh, yes. It is a very northern uh, town in the province of Manitoba that has many, many, many a polar bear. Yes. Uh, I was going to say it's known for... <laughs> uh, Ewan McGregor has bears. even actually done a, like a TV special on polar bears. Um, cool. In Churchill. <laughs> yeah, well, I had, a, I had a friend that I uh, went to York with when I was doing my master's and her whole study was polar bears and she spent a whole whack of time in yeah. churchill and it's it's one of those things where it's not like oh there's lots of polar bears it's everyone leaves their houses unlocked mm-hmm. because yeah like that was so real you... when I, we were reading <gasps> that story and like yeah. her them talking about leaving the cars unlocked and yeah. the houses unlocked so that people can literally so that anyone can duck inside and get away yeah and so like you know, places be. in the states that have like tornado warnings and stuff like that and sirens and whatnot Actually, they have those in Manitoba, too. But, like, they have, like, warnings for polar bears. And that's what it is. It's literally just everyone. Can you, like, can you imagine, yeah. like, being in Toronto and just, like, everyone leaves their door open because there's raccoons or, like, whatever. Yeah. But that's how, like, actually terrifying it is there. <laughs> I remember meeting this Australian guy who was just, like, his mind, I think, was blown by the existence <laughs> of bears in our country. <laughs> um and which was so funny because this is a guy who like goes scuba diving with sharks yeah 
which blows my own personal mind because I don't know, I guess. I don't know. It's his version of a shark is a bear. And he was like, are you ever worried about bears in Toronto? And I was like, no, what? <laughs> I was like, you would like never come across a bear here unless you were at the zoo. Yeah. <laughs> and if you did, it would be like far from home. And that poor bear needs some help. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, if you're in like Algonquin Park, yes. Or like when we were in Lake Louise, yes. <laughs> be cautious of bears yeah but it was just so funny he just seemed genuinely horrified by the potential for bears <laughs> and yeah like i remember like growing up we always spent the summer up at the lake so like central manitoba and yeah like when you would go to like use the washrooms in the campground or like take the garbage to the whatever place like multiple times there were black bears having their lunch um and you had to like be conscious of that and like yes. be like okay I'm gonna go pee later <laughs> yeah but but anyway yes this book well yeah and because it starts with such a bizarre story these this lady is clearly trying to get away from work somehow um she doesn't you know so she's going up to this spa you know, in the midst of the forest mm-hmm. somewhere, which is probably, like, a really good place for a spa. But they're closed because, like, things are flooded, but there's this other lady there, and she's just like, no, like, we're already here, like, let's just, you know, make it happen, whatever. So they end up kind of hanging out, and the one lady's, like, swimming in the flooded yard. I, I honestly... Unclear. And they end up together. Yep. In many senses of the word. Yep. But also in a very weird way. Yeah, in a super, in a slightly kind of like, call Mariska SVU kind of way. Um, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> but then Dubious like, consent. <laughs> the, one, the one lady just kind of dives off into the water and like, what? I don't know, man. I truly don't. <laughs> I actually, that was the... I mean, a lot of, almost every single one of these stories left me like, what? (laughs) But I feel like this one in particular. When even like once I got to the end, this one still, aside from like introducing Shivering Heights as like a place, Mm -hmm. it kind of seemed the most outside and not linked. Yeah. Because there's characters that kind of continue through the rest of most of them. Yeah, like Laura. Yeah. I definitely could envision the forest and the water, like the way everything was written. Oh, for sure. So, again, like all the other books we've already talked about this episode, like beautifully written. Totally. But definitely like flipped that last page of this part and was like, Bleh? oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and then like in the next story, mm-hmm. there, there's this sort of... I guess like a, a, this village that to, it's, I don't know. It sounded like it was like on barges that float in the water. Yes. This, right. Yeah, They're like sort I... of connected and like, yeah. Um, and then, so there's the guy that lives there and then Laura who's visiting mm-hmm. from dry land. Yeah. Presumably just normal <laughs> land. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then they like, I don't know. They're having sex in the water at some yeah, point. Yeah, like they. they but connect. then there's, there's like a party weird. And, like... They're not supposed to go in the water because there's like weird water creatures in there that might eat them. But then also like, he might be some kind of a water. Yeah, because he has like scales or something. Yeah, and like, their description of the two of them having sex definitely seemed water creaturey. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, it was just this kind of like, again, super like, I feel like I want more, like another book to like, agreed, get more of this, not even just like, because I didn't understand it or more clarification, just because like, I want to spend more time in this world. Yeah, it was super bizarre. And because it was all these little bits, so like, we're left there and being like, did this like, in theory, human just have like, sex with a 
half human, half fish person. Yeah. And then unclear. we end up at what seems to be a regular zoo. Mm-hmm. And it, I'm pretty sure it's that same Laura, right? Yes. But there's these like, there's this couple in with like the lions. Which here's my question. The woman that was like, that was of those people breaking mm-hmm. into the lion's den. Yeah. Did you get the sense that she was the same woman from the first story? I do now. <laughs> <laughs> like the the slightly crazy one, for lack of a better yes. descriptor. I feel like. Right? Like, like she had like... a very kind of um, manic energy. Manic energy and like a weird ethereal, just like weird. Yeah. And sort of in kind of that way where she could kind of project like control over someone yes um because yeah she has this guy like in In trying to like convince himself to like sacrifice him to the lions and they're talking about like recreating miracles and like all this weird like yeah because we were doing yeah so recreating miracles it was um who was it that's in the lion's den in the bible i feel like we're the wrong people to ask that no i should know this (laughs) not just because i went to Catholic school and have definitely heard this story, but also because there is absolutely a painting of this that I remember. Okay. I will find that out and we will put that in the show notes. But it's somebody. And basically he goes, the basic gist of the story is he ends up spending this, I guess, night or day in the lion's den and they don't attack him. Yeah. He gets through it. He's fine. He's alive. So they're, like, trying to recreate this. They're trying to, like, be in the lion's den and have them leave them alone. Daniel. Daniel? Daniel. That sounds right. <laughs> I kept wanting to say David, and I knew it yeah, wasn't me, David. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I think it is Daniel. Yeah. But, yeah, that was also just, like, what? And this guy is clearly, like, not down for it. No. But then there's also, at the same time, that strange thing that she's trying to figure out with like there's some kind of parasite in that the water is, yeah yes that is affecting these animals and that parasite thing sort of follows throughout the rest of the stories because mm-hmm. it ends up affecting the polar bears as well yeah and um that other weird story where they all had like something growing inside their stomachs That one was, yeah. like, straight up something from the X-Files. <laughs> yeah, so, like, we have the lions. Then it ends up, we're kind of back in, like, the barge water village. Mm-hmm. And Thomas is looking for Laura, but, like, she's not there. And, like, mm-hmm. no one has any idea what he's talking about. I know. I almost got the sense that they, like, thought he made her up. Yeah. Or, like, was trying to, con- like, convince him to think that he made her up yeah. or whatever. And then the next one is, like... Laura somewhere super wintry because it's like a snowstorm Mm -hmm. and she is very much having a baby which like is she having Thomas's baby I guess right that's what I assumed especially because then she ends up like crawling into the aquarium to have the baby which I understand like ladies have babies in bathtubs and whatever water births are totally a thing but it definitely tied back to the whole like is this baby like half fish Right. Yeah, there was a lot of play with water. Yes. But then also flight. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then there was, like, the bunny story. Oh, my God. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, there's just... I, I, I was always know. just, like, slightly horrified by what was happening in these stories. Yeah, well, like it's got like a like... definite, a definite like um, horror vibe in the way yes. that Annihilation has a horror vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, like yeah. like a sci-fi eco horror. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, the the podcast <laughs> chiming in with her thoughts. She agrees. <laughs> um, she quite enjoyed Annihilation. <laughs> It's a good one. <laughs> but yes, like, there's there's this girl, and, like, 
the ogress, but I think the ogress might actually be her mom. But then, like, totally. there's water and, like, there's all these weird bunnies. But then it's clearly the same forest from, like, the first story. Mm. And it seems like they know who Laura is. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's, like, a new character in the other, the next story. But there's she keeps, like, eating moss and roadkill. And, like, ends up in this random right. cabin, and there was, like, a twin. I don't know. See, and then I was wondering again, is that that same woman from the lion den and the spa? I guess, yeah, maybe. Like, you ne- you're never sure. Mm-hmm. But she had, like, a similar vibe to me. <laughs> yes. And then, and then we end up back with Laura, who at this point is, like, in the place with polar bears. Mm-hmm. But, like, is she... Is she growing feathers? I believe she is growing feathers, yes. Very black swan. That's exactly totally the yeah. vibes that I got. Right? So, like, she's gone from some sort of water village barge situation to having a baby with a fish man to then being in the north where there's polar bears, but she's growing feathers. Yep. <laughs> because there's this whole thing where she's, she, like, goes for a run. Yeah. But then starts being chased by like an emaciated polar bear that is yeah. starving and ends up going in a house but then it like gets in the house honestly this was like stuff of nightmares these are Oof. literal nightmares I've had not yeah. about polar bears specifically but like yes probably wolves I've had that exact nightmare about a wolf in my grandmother's trailer in the country and I can still to this day feel the texture of that couch because I was like in the dream oh, I was man. hiding under you know how, like when couches have the little like flap on the bottom of like the, oh yeah yeah like the, yep kind of not Absolutely. like a dust ruffle but like, like kind but, of but kind of and like being under the couch and like it trying to get through that little thing and like i can Oof. just feel the specific texture of that fabric on that couch and that oh. was i probably had that when i was like seven <laughs> yeah so that's like a nightmare i've actually had yeah again not with polar bears specifically but definitely with wild animals and then we end up with this like group of people who Oh, I guess have the parasite and are dying. It it's like, like a hospice. It. Yeah. And this guy is like nursing them and they, but they kind of go there to die, but then they end up flying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's kind of like really nice, but also in like a weird kind of creepy way. Yes. Yeah. But also like, there was that whole bit where like after they died the like whatever the parasite was yes like came out yep of them Uh uh-huh which is like every science fiction movie ever yeah yeah it was real creepy but it totally reminded me of that episode of the x-files where Mulder and scully go up up north somewhere always yeah and it's like some weird parasite that was that was in the ice oh yep always. yeah it might be called ice actually that episode i will look it up so we all know it's an excellent excellent episode um but it's real creepy and it's the same idea where like it like crawls out of them and then they have to kill it and you're like Whoa. and then it ends with this like group of humans that live in the trees or yeah it seems like they have developed wings of some kind yeah and so they could fly oh yeah it was it was a wild ride and it's one of those things where like i'm so here for it and like i want her to write more um petition coattails more books no um (laughs) but also just like I'm still just like, what? Yeah. Uh-huh. And I think that's why, um, so the person that we work with at Coach House, James, he's he's good. We have never right? um, like requested anything specific. Um, he's just kind of always sent us stuff, and it's just like, bang on stuff. And totally. these, like, again, they're so different, but they really, like, worked together as three books. Yeah, definitely. Man. Definitely. <laughs> um, 
the Pine Islands and the Imago State are already out. Fauna comes out uh, September 22nd. Uh, depending on when you're listening to this, either way, they are about to be released. Mm-hmm. I just like, man, these were all just so good. And I, I really want to read them all again. Yeah, right? Yeah. For sure. And like the nice thing about it is they're quite short, so you can mm-hmm. easily read them again. Yeah, I think they're all under 200 pages. Yep, they are. Yeah, Fauna, I think I read it in a day, like in one sitting. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you had to pick one of the three as your favorite, which would you pick? Ooh. That's a good question. It might be Fauna, just because, like, that's totally my vibe. Yeah. It's, like, weird. Weird sci-fi. I feel like I don't... With a horror angle. I don't know anyone specific that I could recommend it to, because I, I have... a bunch of friends who have read Annihilation and are like mm-hmm. reading the rest of the Southern um, Reach trilogy which I'm also getting to yeah Ugh, I'm so mad that that book has stupid deckled edges anyway uh-huh. but this one is it's a little too it's a little too something no I know what you mean and I think I mean not to be like <laughs> but you know we're we read a lot of different styles of book we books. do. We think about writing in a different way. This little bits and pieces of different stories, like a lot of people need more of like a proper through line, a proper yeah. through line is exactly what I was thinking thing to like follow. Um, whereas I know that, yeah, like for you and I are just like, yes, give us these random chunks of pretty much. Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, oh man, it was good. It was. Which one was your favorite? See, I asked you that and then immediately realized that then you would ask me and I was like, (laughs) I like truly, truly don't know if I could pick just because I like them all for such different reasons. They are quite different. Yeah. Like the Pine Islands was so beautiful and I can just see that, see those forests, Mm -hmm. which I also feel like I got in Fauna. Totally. And then like the Imago State was so but like maybe it was hitting just a little too close to home (laughs) maybe that makes it maybe that makes it really good like i don't know i just i just loved all three of them so much yeah they were all really good (laughs) oh it was just so good (laughs) yeah coach us done it again coach us always always amazing we will be sure to link to their socials and website and everything yes um, check them out. You will not be disappointed. Uh, if you haven't read our most recent blog post, uh, I'm talking about uh, reading during quarantine. Yay! Because that's where we've been and where we're staying. <laughs> um, so it would seem. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks. Uh, we have another uh, publisher collab. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about what, some books from Wattpad books, some YA books that are coming out uh, this fall as well. Uh, Jen is going to have a blog post next week about fall reading. Yeah, Yeah. I'm going to have some suggestions for getting you into a fall mood with your books. Yes. Give us all the sweaters and the tea and the blankets and the books. It's going to be some spooky times. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) It's finally chilly in Toronto, and we are just like, oh, I'm living. (laughs) Oh, we are not summer girls. No, we are not. (laughs) It was not made for summer, guys. Uh, But be sure to follow us on Instagram uh, at another book podcast. We've been doing a whole bunch of stuff there. We got some reels, we got some IGTVs. You can see my face being annoying on stories all the time. And you know. Or your face being lovely. (laughs) Thank you. Um, But yeah, we'll be back in two weeks. Be sure to check out our new website as well. Yes, Uh, definitely. Anotherbookontheshelf.com. Send us comments. Send us DMs. Let's connect. Let's talk. It's our favorite thing about doing this is just connecting with everybody. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) And we'll see you in two weeks. Bye.